And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Good morning, Evangel. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. Thank you. Welcome, Evangel, to our online experience. We are pumped to be here today. Uh, my name is Zach Barnes. I have the honor and the privilege to serve this great congregation as the next gen and the associate pastor. And uh, we're just, we want to send our love to our pastors, Miss uh, Pastor Terrell, Miss Kathy. We love you. We got to honor Pastor's dad this year, uh, this this week. I'm sorry. He, uh, he passed and went to be with the Lord. Uh, we got to honor him this week. So we just love you guys. We just send our prayers to you and um, just just praying for you and your family today. So um, we are church in our second week of the uh, our infinite infinite um, infinitely more series. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it out there. And um, Pastor talked last week about um, God's great plan of rescue that came by Jesus through the cross, and that that plan of rescue and restoration was just the beginning of God's great plan for all of us. And so we we really want to um, use Ephesians 3:20 to be that key verse in this series. Um, and God wants to do more in you and me than. And we could ever anticipate and ever um, and ever even imagine. So as we continue the journey this week, I want to say that God's going to challenge your life beyond anything that you could ever ask or think. Ephesians 3.20 says this, it says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. This key verse is so important because God in his infinite power, his unlimited power can do beyond what we could ever pray, what we could ever dream. The greatest prayers, the greatest dreams, the greatest visions that we have, God wants to do so much more in us and through us. Do you believe that? I... um I was looking and I was just praying and I was just thinking about the, the, the beauty of God's grace, the beauty of God's love. It, that's what invites us in because he sees inside of you and me more than sometimes that we see inside of ourselves, infinitely more than we see inside of ourselves. There's probably times that we've struggled with uh, image or self-identity or we're, 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 we have these negative self-thoughts and like we don't see how God can use us. But I want to say and I want to encourage you today that you are capable of more than you, than you can possibly think. And God wants to do so much more in you than you could ever think or can imagine. And as I, as I was preparing this week for this message, I got to think about Jesus and him launching his earthly ministry team. You know, God in the flesh, Jesus, knew in order for his mission to be fulfilled, in order for his purpose to continue, he needed a team. You and I, we refer to them as the disciples now. We, we see that um, told throughout the whole New Testament. Uh, the first four Gospels really paint that picture of Jesus building this earthly ministry team. And guess this, he didn't just go around and look at some of the, the famous schools or some of the, the well-to-do places. He actually met people and found these ordinary men and he called them to follow him because he saw the potential in them more so than what he saw, more so than they saw in themselves. 
So if you got your Bibles with you, you're going to turn to Luke chapter 5. You can either open them up uh, or turn them on, whatever device you're watching there in your living room or in your car, or however you're listening to this online experience today. And while you go to Luke 5, this is the kind of the story of the early team that he's building. Now, what we got to understand about this story in Luke 5 is this is not the first time that Jesus had met these men. There's accounts, if we go back and we like study the Gospels, Mark chapter 1, verse 16 talks about that call. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, it really picks up there and talking about the call of God and uh, and of these early disciples. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 43. We see the timeline of this call. So Jesus had already encountered the the Simon and the Andrew and the James and the John, Nathaniel, Philip, these early team members he had already had some relationship with. Some of them were a part of John the Baptist's disciples, Jesus's cousin, and, and he would have known them. He would have been spending time with them early on those first 18 months of Jesus's earthly ministry. Luke chapter 4 records a story of Jesus being sent into, uh, launched into ministry. He's filled with the Holy Spirit to go fulfill what God's called him to do. And he actually invites some of these guys to come and be along with him. He would journey through through Galilee and through the region, preaching and teaching in the synagogues. There's great miracles that take place. And these guys, these early disciples, these early men got to be a part of some of those early miracles. They witnessed it. They were with him. Scholars would even say that it probably took about two months uh, for them to make all that journey through this first trip of ministry because of the walking. I'm sure that those guys returned home. They were pumped up spiritually. They were on a high. They were ready to just go and do more. But they also knew that they owned a fishing business. Peter, especially James and John own a fishing business. They had work to do. They had a family to take care of. They had they had they had bills to pay. And I I even would think that Peter's wife, because we know that Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, said, man, I thank God that, that Peter, my husband, is hanging out with Jesus. He is a much better guy, a much better husband because he hangs out with Jesus. He probably doesn't have the temper anymore and all those things like Jesus was a good influence on Peter. But his wife knew that if her husband didn't go back to work, that the bills are going to get paid and there's no income coming in. So there's a tension there. They got to go back to fishing. Luke chapter 5 is a defining moment in Peter's life, but it's also a defining moment in the life of the other disciples, James and John, that are there that day too, because they're working with Peter. They had fished all night. They hadn't caught anything. I'm sure they were frustrated. They can see in the distance the crowds gathering to come at the seashore there, at the Sea of Galilee. But this morning, this morning that they're coming in, Jesus is already there teaching the crowds. He's actually using one of Peter's boats to do that. And this is what he says. He looks at Peter. If you're reading it along with me, pick up in verse four and says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water, let down the nets for the catch. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come help, fill, help them 
fill both boats. So they were so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that had taken. they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and they followed him. You know, Peter's the professional fisherman here. He would have known that at this time of the season that you do not go out into the deep to fish for, you know, to go catch fish, but he had been out there all night. He had tried. And, you know, he does give Jesus, you know, a little bit of pushback, but he says, you know, Lord, I will, I will do it. I'll be obedient to what you're asking me to do of this request. And what we just read, what took place next is the biggest catch possibly of Peter's life. So much so that they had to call the other guys in to the boats because the other boats were sinking. This was a, this was a huge catch. This was a life-changing catch, both not just for, um, not for the, the economy that they were going to be able, the, the money that they would be able to make from it, but this was a defining moment where they would have to make a decision. He's humbled. Peter's humbled. I, he realizes that Jesus is the real deal. The Messiah, he's the Lord. Verse 11 is the key here, though, church, is that it's the deeper call to Peter and those others that day. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You guys, have been, he's, I believe Jesus is saying, you've been following me for the last few months. You've been listening to me teach. You've, you've seen my miracles and you've been observing, but I am going to show you how to do exactly what I'm doing, but even far greater things will you do. Because he knew that the mission had to be fulfilled. He knew that these men were the men that were going to do it. And it's possibly on the biggest day, the biggest catch, maybe the biggest sell of fish that these men what does the Bible say? They pulled their boats up on the shore, they left them, and they followed him. As I said earlier, Jesus didn't go to the leading schools of his day to find these guys. He, he found these future world changers in the most ordinary places. Jesus saw infinitely more in them than they saw in themselves. And that church should bring you and I great hope today because that's what God sees in you. That's what God sees in me infinitely more than we see in ourselves. And that brings me to my first point this morning. If you're taking notes, God is looking for obedience over ability. You may be sitting on your couch this morning or in your lazy boy. You may be listening in your room or on your car, in your car. You may be outside, wherever you're hearing this message today. And you may be thinking, you know what? I'm a stay-at-home parent. I'm a banker, I'm a teacher, a lawyer, I'm without work. You fill in the blank, wherever you may be. You may ask yourself, how can I make a difference? How can I change the world? And that's a great question to ask yourself. But can I say this to somebody that needs to hear this? God's not concerned about your current occupation right now. He is concerned, but that, that's not what defines you. You're not defined by the plaques or the degrees on your wall, or the lack thereof. You're not defined by any of the other accolades that you may have accumulated, or may, maybe you haven't. What Jesus is looking for today from you and me, he's looking for faith, 
and he's looking for obedience and what he's planned for your life and the will that he has and the purpose that he has. See, the greatest thing that you and I can do this morning is give Jesus our yes. Just be available. I believe that it's in that availability when we say yes, that God starts the process of development and will lead you and will guide you and order those steps to the path that he has purposely called you. The thing that he wants you to do in this life. What's your yes today? What's your best yes? What is the yes that Jesus is calling you to say? Point number two, God calls us outside of our comfort zone. God calls us outside of our comfort zone. I want to take a closer look just briefly at Peter's life. I know we usually, we highlight Peter. He's the most vocal disciple, but there are others as well. But today, this morning, just look at Peter's life. And there are three occasions in Peter's life that he's asked to step out of the boat. Now, I know some of you scholars out there would say, wait, Pastor Zach, what are you talking about? Three. And I'm going to unpack that here just briefly. Each time he is called to step out, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little unknown. It's a little uncertain. But every time that Peter steps out of the boat, things take place in his life that he could never have dreamed of. Things that he could have never asked for. Things that he could never have thought of. And that first step, we just read it. Peter steps out of the boat of his career and follows Jesus to become a fisher of men. Luke 5, 10 through 11, we'll read it one more time. It says, then Jesus said to Simon, which is Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. It's a deeper call. It's not just come and see anymore. It's come and follow me. Come and be like me. Come and let me equip you. That's the call that Jesus gives to Peter that day. And that's the call that Jesus gives to you and I this morning. The second step. Peter steps out of the boat a second time. It's during a storm. To walk on the water. It's a very familiar story. But if you've never heard it, I want to I share it with you really quick. Matthew chapter 14 verses 25 through 29. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Can you imagine that? It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Listen, someone just needs to hear this. I believe the Lord put this on my heart as I was praying this morning before I came up to speak, is that you may be walking through a storm right now. I know we have small business owners that, that are, are struggling right now, and, and, and people who have lost their jobs. Or you just There's uncertain times and we do thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you for all the things that you're doing. But I want to, I want to say this and, and to everyone listening that I know that there are, are uncertain times, there's chaos and there's storms all around us. But if you'll just keep your focus on Jesus right now in this season and you'll just keep walking toward him in this season and not look to the waves and not look to the wind and the uncertainty of the time, but just focus on him right now. 
You're going to walk through this in victory, as we sang earlier. You're going to come out of this on the other side. We're not going to stay planted here as, a, as, a, as individuals or as, as a state or as a nation. We're going to come out of this, and God's going to give us a victory. But we've got to keep our focus on Jesus in this season and not at the other things. I encourage you to do that today because I'm doing it with you, church. Before Peter takes the third step out of the boat that I want to share with you, he experiences a significant personal failure. And this is hard. This is hard for Peter. Luke chapter 22, other gospels depict this as well. They tell the story of Peter's denial. He denies Jesus. Jesus even says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And, you know, he's, he's arrogant and he's like, I would never do that. And if you read Luke 22 and you read the other gospel accounts, and it, it really does happen. He denies Jesus. I, I wonder if he asked himself, because he was confronted multiple times by many different people. And the Bible says that after the third confrontation, after he heard the rooster crow, he, he left and he went out and he, he wept bitterly. I wonder if he was asking himself, what if they find out I really do belong to Jesus? What will they do to me? What will they do to my family? He's ashamed of himself. He denies Jesus. But what do we see Peter do? He goes back to what he knows. He goes back to what is comfortable, what is easy. He goes back to the boat. John 21 verse 3 gives us a, an example of this. This is Peter talking. He says, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. These are the other disciples. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. John 21, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. He's already revealed himself a few times. The other disciples have seen him. They're still wrestling with all this. There's still a bunch of emotion that they're dealing with. Peter's probably still dealing with the fact that he's, he's denied Jesus and he feels ashamed. All those guilty feelings that he's dealing with. I still think it's fitting that they didn't catch anything again on this fishing trip. If you read the rest of the chapter, Jesus is on the seashore again. Jesus is there and he's waiting for them. He's actually cooked fish and prepared breakfast for them. Don't allow, listen to me church, don't allow your failure to push you back into your comfort zone that God called you out of. You and I are going to find our play, ourselves in situations throughout this life where we feel like we've failed God. We may have given into fear. We may have given into temptation. Because we all fall short at times. But failure, listen to me, failure is never a reason to give up. Failure is never a reason to go back to what is comfortable. If you failed, I want you to know today that there is hope. And his name is Jesus. If you failed today, Jesus is still calling for you because he sees infinitely more in you than you see in yourself. Which leads me to my final point. God's purpose still stands even when you and I walk away. Even when you walk away. John 21 verse 7. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. 
As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garments around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. He could not wait to get and encounter Jesus. You read the rest of this chapter, really picking up in verse 15, and Peter is restored by Jesus in this chapter. He's forgiven. After hearing and seeing Jesus, Peter takes his third step out of the boat. It's in this encounter with Jesus that he's forgiven and that he's restored because Peter was called to live a life that was infinitely more, and so are you. So are you. See, Jesus didn't define Peter by his failure. He didn't discredit Peter. He didn't cancel the call that was on Peter's life. And he doesn't do that for you or me today. Our failures do not have to define us. Our failures do not have to disconnect us from Jesus. What we have to do, though, when we do fail is that we have to recognize that we have made a wrong. We have sinned. But we don't live in that sin and we don't beat ourselves up there. But we just simply come and we turn to Jesus because he's there waiting. Like he was waiting for Peter at the seashore to restore you. Because he can still use you to accomplish the will that he has for you. See, Peter didn't know what was next in his life. But in a few short weeks, Pentecost would take place. And the Holy Spirit would fill the upper room where he was. And there would be this power that would come inside of Peter and those other 120, 119 people in that room. And Peter would stand up and he would preach a message that would change the trajectory of the world. He would preach a message and 3,000 people was reported in the book of Acts got saved that day. He would launch and pioneer the first church. He would launch and he would pioneer a movement that we are still talking about today, that we're still worshiping about, that we're still singing about, that we're still praising about. He would launch this following known as Christianity and Jesus would be lifted up and millions, billions of people would come to know this great and glorious name. See, Peter didn't know that, but Jesus saw that on that day that he said, hey, You're not going to be a fisherman anymore, but you're going to be one who fishes for men. And I'm going to do more in you than you could ever think, that you could ever imagine, that you could ever dream. Made me think about my personal story of saying yes to Jesus. At 14 years old, I remember going to a youth camp in Mariana and hearing a message and a call to ministry at that altar call at 14. And I said yes to Jesus. And I did everything after that church to just get involved at my church. If that was serving in my youth ministry, doing children's ministry, helping with Sunday school. Every time the doors were open, every time we did an outreach, I just wanted to be there. You heard my story a little bit last week if you tuned in. And I I did from 14 to about 20. I was so pumped up. I I went to college and I I was doing, I was working the steps. I was doing what the Lord had put on my heart. But somewhere about 20, I just, I lost my way. Maybe I believed uh, in some of the philosophy classes that I had started taking and I, I questioned stuff. I, I questioned everything that I believed. At, at 20 though, I met my lovely wife, Lacey, who's moderating on YouTube today. She's, she's talking to you today if you're interacting. 
And we, you know, I met her six months into our dating. I said, this is the girl for me. I proposed. Eight months later, we got married. We're 21, young. We're serving in ministry, just being youth leaders. We're working full time. But God's dealing with our hearts. God's dealing with our hearts again. And and we go to a, a revival service that night in Panama City. And God's just speaking to our hearts and that, and that altar time, I remember the Lord said, I haven't forgot about what I called you to do at 14. Have you? And I just started to weep because I knew what he was talking about. And so I said yes again to Jesus at 21. And another three or four years of preparation and going through the steps to, to be a pastor. And, and, and then God started opening doors to go serve in local churches. And, and then in 2014, God opened the door for us to come and serve here at Evangel. And every time that I've said yes, I've seen the faithfulness of God where he says, this is what I've called you to do. And he's, he doesn't respect me more than he respects anyone else. He just wants our faithfulness. He just wants our obedience. It's not, it's not always been easy. There have definitely been a lot of tears. And there's been a lot. There's been some ups and downs. But let me say this. The, the ups far outweigh the downs. He's faithful. He's a faithful God. I'm glad I said yes. I choose to say yes every day. What's your yes? What's God calling you to do? I want to end this way. Maybe you're listening today for the very first time. And maybe you've never responded to Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to him. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Maybe you're here today and you're listening and you want that new life with Jesus. You want to say yes to him for the very first time. Will you pray this prayer with me right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, it doesn't just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, today, I give you my heart. Today, I surrender all that I am. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me, wash me, renew me. I believe in you as my Lord, and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer right now, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom. We're so proud of you. And listen, you are not alone in this journey. You should see on the screen, and I'm gonna give it to you real quick. You should see a a, a code to say that you just text this, EC saved to 97000. That's EC saved 97000. We want to connect with you right now. We want to help you take your next steps in your walk with Jesus. Because while we may be physically distanced right now, we are not socially distanced. We are here with you. We're journeying with you. So send that text right now. Someone wants to connect with you right now in this moment. I got another one, two more actually before we close. Maybe you say you're ready to live life beyond your comfort zone. You're ready for boldness. You're ready for that, the Spirit of God to just fill you and give you a holy boldness to go and do what the purpose He set in your heart to do. 
And whatever He's calling you to do, He wants to fulfill it through you. He wants your life to be led on mission because you still can reach people in your neighborhood, in your place of work, or in your family. He's calling you for a specific purpose, but you need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to step out of your boat. If that's you, right now in this moment, I want you to go ahead and I want you to type the phrase, I am ready. Put that in the comments. Put that in the chat right now because some of the moderators are going to be praying with you. We're going to be praying with you. But if you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, I want you to type the phrase, I am ready right now in the comments. Go ahead and do it. Be bold. Step out. God wants to use you so much, church, right now in this season. The last call. Maybe you've walked away from your calling and your purpose. Kind of like my story. I, I walked away for a season. But you're ready today to renew that commitment. You're ready today to allow God to restore you and reinstate you to the thing that he's called you to do, that he's always meant for you to do. You're ready. If that's you, I want you just to simply type, that's me. Put that in the comments. Put that in the chat section. That's me. God's calling you right now to come back to him. Your purpose isn't over. Your mission isn't over. He has got a plan and a purpose and he's ready for you just to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am. So Father, right now, one more prayer. God, you see those that have typed those phrases. You see those, God, who have made a commitment to you this morning on this online experience. And God, I just pray that the Spirit of God would just start to fill that room wherever they are, that vehicle wherever they are, God, that you would start to move in such a mighty way. That, God, you would speak so clearly to them that they would know that it's your voice and not the voice of anyone else. And, God, right now, you're getting ready to, to launch more world changers, God, into this world. Because, God, we desperately need your hope. We desperately need your word. And, Father, God, I thank you for the men and women, God, the young men and the, and the, and the teenagers and all those listening that are responding right now. God, that you're equipping them to send them into this world. Protect them. Lead them and guide them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.